Welcome to the Behavioral Design Podcast. Uh, I'm one co-host, Samuel Seltzer, with my other co-host, Aline Holtzworth. Hey, Aline. Hi, that's me. Yeah, and we're here with a product deep dive, talking about pumpkin lattes. <laughs> Sam, it's pumpkin spice lattes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Get Easy. it straight. Okay. Do you still C- not clear, have that was a fake, <laughs> and I I screwed up uh, as well. So. That was not the plan. We're actually talking about something different. We're talking about calendars today. And to talk about that, I want to first ask you, Aline, how do you manage your time? Yeah. So first, calendars, much more exciting than the pumpkin spice latte. (laughs) Some might disagree, Uh, but okay, sure. (laughs) Sure, sure. I don't don't know any of those people. Um, How do I manage my time? I would say too much, mostly. There's like a particular irony with time management where if you spend too much of your time managing your time and interacting with your calendar and and so on, you're actually poorly managing your time. And so there's this like definite backfire. And I think that in general, I'm I think I'm pretty good at managing my time, but I, I do tend towards overmanaging in a, a sort of unhealthy way. I really like I have some bad habits. I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> what is I, I'm I want to dive, dive in here a little bit further. So when you feel like you step step back and you're like, oh, what have I done? Like, why did I spend so much time obsessing about this thing? Yeah. What have you been doing? Have you been like planning something? Have you been like organizing? Like, wh- where do you feel like the time is being overly spent? Yeah, I no, like I think planning and organizing that's good. I think I'm in a healthy space there. I think that the sort of a day-to-day interaction with my calendar, I feel like there's a little bit of, of an obsession that I have there where I do, I, it's close to time tracking really rather than planning because I will in uh, sort of after the fact, uh, you know, some, some event has happened and, you know, maybe I didn't do exactly what I said I was going to do. I'll go back and correct the record, which is like, you know, as if it matters that, that I spent 15 more minutes on you know, <laughs> task A before switching to task B. Like nobody cares at all. And like, even I don't use that information. It's not, there's, <laughs> there's no use for it, but I still, I have this compulsion. It's sort of like a, a borderline OCD tendency where I would just like, I have to like, it, 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 the record has to be right. Who knows? Maybe in five years, I'll want to know, like, what was I doing at, you know, 10, 13 a.m. on <laughs> like on that Thursday? Right. No, it, it's totally ridiculous. And I know it's a problem. Well, the first thing that came to my head when you say that was that you had watched too much, you know, true crime. And, you know, they always ask <laughs> right? you, like, what did you do in between these <laughs> exactly. hours on this date? And you'll be able to say, like, specifically yeah. to the minute, you know. Yeah. I will know with 100% confidence what email I was sending at that minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Have you fallen down like one rabbit hole that I find myself when it comes to time is that I'm looking for kind of tools to solve mm-hmm. time management for me. Mm-hmm. So like I've been desperately trying to kind of find this kind of magic time management tools, whether that's like time tracking tools, like something like Toggle or something like this, that kind of effectively where you can like start a timer or start something and then you save it and you can tag it or organize it by, based on projects or so on and sync it to your calendar. Or 
having like some calendar that's like Cron or I think it's one of Amy or other things like this. I feel like I've still haven't really found <laughs> a tool to solve the problems. And I think we we spoke about this oh. if few times in the past, I think we're we're quick to look for these kind of tools to solve the problem. But do you do you use multiple calendars or multiple things, or or are you just kind of doing things in a very simple way? Yeah, but overdoing it. Yeah. I would say so. I've I have tried some tools like Reclaim. I've tried with my calendar. It really did not stick. Oh, it okay. just it felt like I don't know, just an extra, you know, more planning and organizing, whereas. My previous workflow is, you know, maybe not perfect, but it didn't add these extra layers of admin, um, whereas I felt like that. And even just like checking another tool to me feels like that is an extra work and that that time has to be accounted for, too. And I've I've tried other sort of like scheduling assistants, basically like AI schedulers. And I've I've there was a time when I used Calendly to help with scheduling Mm -hmm. quite a bit. I found that I that I uh, more recently haven't wanted to use it just because it I want to have more control over my time and be able to say to like really give permission for other people taking up my time rather than just letting people sign up whenever they want. And I find that I'm too scheduled to to use it these days. But in general, like there was a time when it when it worked really well. I think if your schedule is not you know, quite as full, it can be extremely convenient to have other people just sign up for a time, anytime. Uh, I can definitely relate. Yeah, I think as, as we kind of illustrated, there's a lot of interesting components to managing time, uh, managing our calendar. And that's what we're kind of going to try to dive into today. And maybe could you set the scene with Linda Babcock, a uh, re- recap of sort, because we spoke right. to her. Uh, yeah, we, episode yeah. came out a week before this one. And maybe you can set the scene of of that plus any other. I think we have had some, I don't know. I feel like it comes up a few times. Yeah. We think, I mean, time is everything, right? So we <laughs> time is sort of one of those immortal topics that is always coming up again and again. With Linda Babcock, we talked about, you know, specifically with her expertise in non-promotable tasks and promotable tasks and that ratio between them. Basically, how you can you can solve that problem, or or one way of solving the problem of having too many promotable tasks by using your calendar as a tool. And so, she we came up with with some ideas. You'll you have to listen to the the whole episode for all of them. But essentially, you know, you could color code to to categorize your your NPTs versus your PTs. Your calendar could actually taken another step further and stop you if you if you you know exceed some threshold of non-promotable tasks you know, stop you and say like <laughs> no you've done too much you need to get back to your actual job but essentially the idea behind that was just like to get to this idea of a healthy work work balance you just need to plan out your time and understand you know how much of of your time is going to these these tasks that further your career versus uh, versus not and and I actually think that I, I can't remember if we if we talked about this at the time, but there's a way to do this, you know, maybe once, right? You don't have to hmm. do this as a continual process. You can just like an sort audit, of, I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. I do some like understand where you are, do some reflection, and then take some other steps that aren't as 
heavy-handed as, as, you know, tracking every single minute of your day. Yeah. No, I think that's that's true. And uh, so with your kind of meticulous tracking of your time, do you use to make sure that it accurately represents what you did? Or do you also like have tags for things like I, I did something non-promotable versus mm. promotable, for example, or how far do you go? Have I done this personally? No, absolutely mm-hmm. not. No. Right. And, I, and I haven't done any any math at all, any adding up of, you know, how much time am I spending on this versus that? Like, like nothing actually helpful. <laughs> like, you can imagine a version of this where you learn from your tracking. That's not where I am currently. But yeah, you could do that. Would it actually help you? Like, I think that's an exercise right. worth going through is if you knew, because you, you know, you probably have a pretty vague idea of how, if you're spending too much time on a, a certain kind of thing, if you knew the the exact numbers, would that be enough to actually help you focus on the things that matter? I'm not really convinced that that, that that's the right intervention. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely something that could potentially be more valuable if it's like the manager of the team has kind of some general idea of kind of how people are being asked to contribute rather mm. than like the people themselves. And yeah. But yeah. any any time that managers have access to, <laughs> to that level yeah. of information, I start to worry. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. But uh, in any any other guests that we had before that uh, we should uh, provide any? Yeah, I mean, certainly the one the one that is uh, that comes to mind most easily is Ashley Willens, right? She studies mm. time and how to spend it more wisely. So she we talked a ton about different strategies for spending time more effectively. One of them, I definitely, uh, it made me feel proud of myself for for doing is essentially outsourcing different kinds of the, I don't know what you would call it other than chores, right? Like yard mm-hmm. work, cleaning, even meal prep sometimes. Basically the things that are not, that don't feel like are bringing you that joy <laughs> to, to borrow from, <laughs> from someone. Like, you know, just, Pay someone else to do that because, uh, you know, if if you can't yeah. afford it, then that is a, a very good use of money. I also block time for deep work, like schedule okay, time to sign or go through to do. You're, you're doing some really good things there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there is some intentionality that I think goes into my calendar for sure. But in terms of tagging all the tasks, oh my gosh. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Trying to stay away yeah. from that. <laughs> That's fair. In terms of doing chores, I remember my, my uncle, he had this joke about whenever you're doing kind of like housework or yard work, you're stealing from a handyman. It was his kind of thing. He's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, basically like you're, you're taking money from someone who, uh-huh. could, you know, yeah. has been trained to do it. And so. Absolutely. Because uh, <laughs> you're not doing uh, it well. <laughs> like, right. Like when I'm pruning the fruit trees, like I'm not helping the trees. <laughs> That's. That's for sure. That's that's yeah. for a professional. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I do think uh, I um, I think she has some great advice in general as well, uh, actually. And that was a great conversation we had with her. And similar to you, I think the deep work part is the thing that I personally have been able to sustain quite well for for a few years, and that definitely makes a difference. Nice. Do we feel like we have kind of what we need to jump into? Uh, exploring calendars a bit more and kind of how we could ourselves improve them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, and, you know, 
we both think a lot about uh, about time and our calendars. And I think that in general, there there's sort of two directions that you can take the like how to improve the calendar as a product, right? You can think of like doing more and better calendars. So, you know, really like getting into the the tagging and like making things automatic and so on. Or you can think about like maybe this is not the most healthy direction. Maybe we should go towards the the less like the less calendar version. And but but maybe we can like take a little bit of a deep dive into into both of these strategies. What do you think? Yeah, I love that. And then maybe we can end up with some form of comparable, you know, obviously with all of our interventions that we kind of explore, the truth is that they depend on the context and the person who's using mm-hmm. them. And very much the likely truth here is that some people will love a more, 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 more calendar. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> more, time more, more, whatever. And some people would, would like the, the more scaled down version. But but I think the funny thing about this is you you see people who are high in in the trait of planfulness, right? And those are the people who tend to be the ones who are scheduling and you know using their calendars maybe too heavily. But then you look at the people who are low in planfulness, and those are the people that really could use <laughs> more planning, and they would get the benefits of of being more organized. And this this sort of ties to all the benefits of being high in conscientiousness and and so on. But so, so I think when you think of individual differences in this space and how personality falls into it, sometimes the people who are more drawn to one solution are actually not the ones who need it the most. Yeah. And I feel like that's something potentially very much overlooked in, in this category, specifically with calendars, because it's like a lot of the calendars that are made are probably made for these power users mm-hmm. that are like craving, you know, the extreme planfulness and then the majority of people that are just kind of wanting to get by basically but do so a little more efficiently and and more effectively but don't want to like spend their life (laughs) in their calendar or like it doesn't have that strong pull towards that kind of part of yeah uh, doing so that they might be understood i'd love to know what the distribution is of of like how people use their calendars i'm sure someone could find that data somewhere but i yeah, it, it's hard to know. I imagine most people, to your point, are not over-engineering their lives with their calendars. Most people have a lot of gaps and like, you know, maybe they have the birthday party on their calendar. They have the essential meetings, but they're not, you know, they're not scheduling every little thing for sure. Crazy. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So yeah, what do you think if we were to start with this uh, this first direction of of more better calendar. What are some ways that we could uh, we could solve for that? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, where to start there? I think there's a lot of things that could be done. I do think that you mentioned reclaim before, and mm. I would say it might not be perfect for everyone. But to explain what reclaim tries to do is basically you kind of gives. You give Reclaim certain things that you want to do on a regular basis. Maybe that's daily or weekly and so on. And it kind of puts that into your calendar. And if you add something else in there, it's quite flexible. So it's kind of like you might say that you want to have lunch sometime between 12 and 2 p.m. And then lunch should be between 30 and 45 minutes. And then it's going to kind of find a space for your lunch, but it kind of notices if something happens to kind of exceed your first half mm, of that time, mm-hmm. like between 12 and 1, and then moves your lunch 
but make sure that you have kind of some time for lunch in your calendar. And so... But what if you schedule yeah. over your whole lunch? Then what does it do? What's lunch <laughs> at 4 p.m.? Like, No, then I think it just... I think it just keeps lunch there. But you become like double booked effectively, oh, if, if I remember correctly. I think you can... And this is a little bit of the tricky part with Reclaim. It's not perfect because it kind of required a little bit of over-engineering. Like you could like have four or five levels of how hardcore you want to keep a certain type of event. Uh-huh. So I think if you have like something like level, like the highest level, it's going to stay there, whatever you do. But if you have a lower level, it's going to be moved to like 4 p.m. or something. But it doesn't so, block a meeting from being scheduled. It will still let you do it, that and just say you have a meeting could, and lunch. It could. Depends it on, could. It depends on what you use and how you set it up. So, so basically, if you use Calendly, it would block like because it would mm-hmm. show that you have something in the way and so on. But obviously, if you want to manually add a meeting, it's not right, going yeah. like slap away your hand <laughs> and say, <laughs> stop it. Um, so, so, so what I want to come to there is that I do think what I really appreciated with Reclaim is basically two things. Like One is that it adds automatically breathing space after all of my meetings that has some form of like a call in them. So effectively, it's, it's called like decompress or something, I think, in the in the calendar settings. And so it adds like 10 minutes afterwards as a bumper, like as an extra thing. And I've noticed that's been really useful to just ensuring that I'm unlikely to have like back-to-back-to-back meetings. Mm. For how, yeah, so, how, do, how does that work yeah. with the timing? Because I'm, I'm thinking of a, a, a way that some people do this is by scheduling shorter meetings, right? So you have a, a meeting from, mm-hmm. you know, 2.05 to to 2.30 and then you have those five minutes there but if you have your meeting from 2 to 2.30 and then you have another you know the next person wants to start their meeting at 2.30 but you have a buffer do they does it not let them schedule something until 2.35 or how does the buffering interact with the actual times that you're available yeah so just basically whenever you schedule an event, it just adds a second event afterwards that lasts for, let's say, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, depending how, how you set it up. And then if you happen to have something like Calendly or something else, it will just look like you're then booked for those extra mm-hmm. 15 minutes as well. And so you'll be forced to, again, like you said, you could also in Calendly within that setting have a similar setup so that you can have, say that, you know, two people can't yeah, book right. back to back. So it's a very similar thing in some ways in terms of like, Kind of in a way defaulting a breathing space within your in your day, and so I do think any type of calendar or tool that supports kind of in a way defaulting you to not be having back to back meetings, for example, yeah. is doing something good. Uh, so that that I think would be like a first thing that I think has there's a good element of that in any good calendar tool or calendar solution. It's kind of like forcing you. Or making it really hard for you to schedule these back-to-back meetings. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I I'm sure there's a, a small barrier of people reacting or not being accustomed to strange meeting times, right? Like, oh, I'm okay. We're meeting at two <laughs> forty. That's a little weird, but like, okay. And and it's, and I think yeah, I think maybe that's a benefit of outsourcing to technology too, because you know, like you're not the one making up the weird time. It's the calendar that says <laughs> that says that's when you're available, right? Whereas if you were to propose to someone in real life, hey, 
are you available to chat tomorrow at 2.40 p.m.? They'd be like, what? <laughs> no, but 2.30 would be <laughs> would be fine. So, yeah, I think that in that way, it, uh, it makes it easier, right, to get around that more, more human tendency. Yes, I think that is something that's certainly been appreciated. And I think the second part of something like Reclaim is then having what they call habits, basically like certain kind of events or things that you want to have on your calendar every day or certain days of the week. And it's going to find a way to kind of schedule it in. And so that's where I was talking about before, where it can be certain you know levels of like, how hardcore is it going to protect your lunchtime or <laughs> whatever it is. But it does make it so that when we talk about deep work, for example, I have it so that it's always going to try to have between nine and 11 in the morning for me as kind of focus time. And, you know, it's, it makes it easier for me because I kind of also then, I could delete that whole event and schedule it in a meeting, but it just feels very painful to like delete mm. that kind of sacred time for me. And yeah. of course, there's a lot of ways to do that as well. You don't have to do that to reclaim. You can just put a recurring event in, for example, and so on. But again, in this case, re with reclaim, it just kind of has that flexibility as well. So it's kind of like adjusts. So if I happen to have a doctor's appointment at 9.15, it then bumps my deep work kind of a little bit after. So it's between 10 and 12 instead suddenly. So yeah, I guess, I guess that's something I appreciate. But yeah, I don't know what you think. Well, it's great that your deep work is <laughs> is at that time. I think there, there's research supporting putting your deep work in the morning. But a, but a lot of people spend their you know what did you say nine to eleven, or at least like you know you know first thing in the morning. Like when you have uh, the most energy and ability to focus, they spend that time doing things like responding to emails, and and that's mm. really. Uh, you know, not the optimal way to spend your time in terms of the the time of day. I think if we, if we were designing this this new calendar, it would actually maybe nudge you to have your deep like it, it would understand the types of activities that you're scheduling on your calendar and actually help you put mm. them at the right part of the day and, and discourage you from doing email first thing in the morning and encourage you to have that deep work. Well, first, like encourage you to have deep work at all, but all, but then uh, encourage you to have it at the right time. Yeah, I really like that, actually. Yeah, I guess it'd be interesting to think about how um, how it can also kind of like potentially, it'd be interesting to, to kind of train someone into deep work as well. I think it's, it's something we could kind of benefit from. You know, if now I'm imagining kind of this, again, like I have fetishizing of tools in, in my mind in general. So it's like, <laughs> Now I'm imagining this tool that's like a merge of something like a Pomodoro timer and a calendar and all these things. So it's kind of like saying like, hey, you know, maybe you can start deep working in the morning. And it's easy. You start with setting a Pomodoro timer of like 20 minutes or 30 minutes. And then that can be your focus for today. And then you can expand that time and or cycles. So you can have mm -hmm. like one or two cycles today or this week. And then you can kind of expand to maybe three or so for depending on your deep work how much you want to go yeah, for it has to integrate with your entire desktop so that during your deep work time like your focus mode is turned on it's you're on do not right. disturb like all of your apps are <laughs> are inaccessible you can't even uh, access social media if you wanted to your email doesn't even work like <laughs> like this is 
I don't know. But on the other hand, when I think of a world in which this is the case, I think, wow, this is a terrifying sort of Black Mirror-esque over-engineering. And yeah. I don't want that either, right? Yeah, it's tricky. Mm. I think um, how I usually categorize these kind of things, because I've been doing some interventions when it comes to working in digital health, when it comes to people managing their time, with also with kind of productivity and also some more clinical settings. But I think about it as kind of solutions that are either kind of fixes or skill-based, so to say. And I think there's certain fixes that maybe could be kind of built in through, let's say, slightly improved calendar uh, functionalities. But then, as you say, I think probably balancing that, you probably want to also then train some skills that people mm -hmm. can learn themselves instead of like, just imagining the calendar is going to do all of that for you. And it's going to be mm -hmm. this kind of <laughs> all encompassing, I don't know, like super, super mind for you to think for <laughs> you and like, do for you. Oh, yeah. Very it's Orwellian. scary quickly. Yeah, it's true. But I also, yeah, I do think there are other ways that your calendar or, or some sort of like, you know, time management technology in this vein could give you some some more smart suggestions so, to, of ways to spend your time, like, you know, looking at the content of your calendar rather than mm. just saying, you know, there's a thing here, there's a thing here. Like, you know, not treating everything exactly the same, but, um, you know, in that vein of do your deep work in the morning, um, essentially looking at, you know, if we go into, you know, the, the version of tagging, right, where the you know, presumably machine learning algorithm understands, you know, what you're doing and tells you, hey, it's, it seems like you're you're spending too much time uh, looking at and applying to jobs on LinkedIn. Maybe, you know, maybe you could, uh, you, you'd be more likely to find a job through your weak ties and maybe you should spend some more time networking, right? This, this is a more effective strategy for landing a job. And like, like really like actually smart recommendations rather than just letting you fall into this pit of, you know, sort of cold applying to jobs, that sort of thing. Yeah, that is interesting. And I guess these days it wouldn't require more than kind of, well, it's easy to say this, but, but basically with some form of, let's say, language model, basically taking the event as a prompt and kind of feeding it in in some ways where it's kind of like based on this prompt consider you know alternative ways to spend this time or and so on i guess it would help right always the challenge with any type of smart suggestions i guess or ai is kind of establishing context so mm -hmm. how to make sure that it's it right, knows that you goal? have yeah, yeah, what's your goal, effectively, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, that is often the problem, is <laughs> you, to to function well, you need a lot of uh, understanding of what the person's motivation is, and you very rarely know that. You only know what's there, and you don't get that feedback unless people are telling you, and then it, it's a lot of work to get people to tell you. <laughs> that, then you get into the, the, the realm of over-engineering and just too much friction. You're not getting yeah. enough benefit from it. And that's, I feel like that is the weakness of the more calendar. The, the calendar that does more is that it's a little bit like some form of similar to tracking burden. It kind of like requires mm -hmm. some level of like extra input perhaps where, you know, for it to really do wonders for you, 
at the start of the day, you might have to interact with it a bit and you have to say yeah. like, here's my goal of the day and here's my most important to-dos and so on. And it will be like, thanks, here's some recommendations mm. for you. <laughs> like I've set up your calendar now to succeed. <laughs> and, and obviously that doesn't sound like too much input and work, but then as life happens to people, I think a lot of people are kind of faced with a reality where they're kind of just forgetting to interact with their calendar until it's yeah. like 11 or 12. A lot of setup. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, Absolutely. but yeah, when we still think about this more calendar, the, the better calendar, is there anything else that we could do there? We haven't talked about time blocking. I know it's a very big kind of wave within this space. Like a lot of people are, are in one way or another time blocking. Um, we kind of indirectly talk about that in some ways, but have you explored that? Do you have any opinions about time blocking? I'm not sure what you mean by time blocking because I feel like that is what we talked about with with deep work or or what do you mean? Turning your to-do list into your calendar more like fully oh. where mm -hmm. the idea that you don't have a separate to-do list, like your to-do list is your calendar and you, you know, oh, in yeah, the start no. of your day or something, you kind of... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely hate it. Yeah. So I, like like many people who obsess over their time, uh, once read uh, many years ago this book by David Allen called Getting Things Done. And he lays yes. out a, uh, <laughs> a process for basically collecting all of your to-dos, not ever putting them on your calendar, um, but having time to, uh, to, to go through them. And if there's anything that, you know, takes, you know, well, I forget, under five minutes or three minutes or something, you don't even add it to your list, you just go ahead and, and immediately do it. And I think that given the energy that it takes to, to try and estimate how much each of these tiny little tasks is going to take, it is much easier to just have, you know, maybe an, an hour or something blocked for go through your to-dos and, and do that. And so that's, that's what I tend to do where I have the, have the list in my, I use the things app uh, I'm giving you too much information about my my <laughs> workflow, and so you you go through your things app, you you know, you you knock everything out, uh, but but those things don't have to live on your calendar because then you actually are over engineering at the extreme where you have you know that then you're spending all of your time managing your time and that's not sustainable. <laughs> so someone who's in the time blocking camp, they might like say that. The only true way to really take accountability for your to-dos is to put a time estimate and put it into your day. Like you prioritize it that way, you know, it lives on your calendar. And so you kind of take accountability that mm -hmm. if I have put in my calendar, I'm going to do this thing for an hour. That's what I'm going to do. And then I can adjust and so on. But if like, do you feel like that's a reasonable thing? I think it depends. Depends how large the task is. For the million small things, that would be insane. For, mm. you know, I want to make sure that I uh, make progress on writing a book. And so you you put, you know, I mean, <laughs> that feels like deep work to me, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> to me, that's like you're 9 to, 9 to 11 a.m., you know, every every day or every other day where you're just, uh, you're, you know, you've reserved that time for that. Yeah, that's, that is for sure a good thing. I think that's, you know, you, you can't be too religious about it because things come up and you have to be able to 
be flexible and adapt when when that doesn't work out. But yeah, I think that that is one way to ensure that 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 um, priority is actually prioritized in your time. Yeah. So another thing that is interesting with with this calendar is that they around, I think, with non promotable tasks. I think what came up a lot was meetings, and we have, I guess, mm-hmm. talked a little bit about meetings. But would you want a calendar to like actively challenge you on in terms of like, are you really supposed to have this meeting or? <laughs> Yeah. You know, challenge the person trying to book a meeting with you. And it's like, hey, Aline is actually much more busy yeah. than you maybe kind of assume booking a time for talking about this seemingly important, unimportant thing. Like, do you really need to do this or can you send an email to Aline instead? H- how much do you want your calendar to kind of work for you to reduce meeting times? <laughs> well, yeah, well, I don't know that I want to email either, but... Um... <laughs> 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 like this email yeah. client and, and calendar client battling against each other, like sending, you know, uh-huh. Aline doesn't want to do this. Aline, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. So this this reminds me of my favorite person on the internet who who I know we've talked about before. Soren Iverson has has made yes. all sorts of unhinged designs that that often get at this idea of does this meeting really need to happen? Like tell people how much this meeting costs in order to, you know, you get that little shock effect of, oh, <laughs> like, is this really worth, you know, $6,000 for this half an hour or, you know, however much it is. Yeah. And like allowing people to to vote to cancel the meeting and really like asking why. Yeah. Do you really need an all hands or like, can you at least tell people why you're calling them all together? Yeah. I think this is an interesting idea. I'd be open to trying it. <laughs> All of these, all, all all of these designs that are meant to be, I think, in many ways, meant to be jokes. I think could actually work in real life <laughs> for maybe people like me. I like them too. I think it's good. And I, but I also saw this like in some ways, like a counter meme recently, where someone says, you know, you know, this meeting could have been an email, and yep. another person says, well, I did send you five emails that uh, didn't respond to and that's uh-huh. why we're having this meeting <laughs> uh, there you go <laughs> as it speaks to this kind of thing you were mentioning before of like yeah we're i think context wise we, we are a little bit overwhelmed managing both emails and calendars and it's just it's hard to really feel like you're succeeding uh with that kind of i don't know just too much pressure on both ends and it's solving for one might like creating more problems on the other end and and so on. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's hard. Okay. Uh, before we wrap up the, um, this more expansive calendar, do you think we've covered some of the main ideas here what we could do or is there anything else that you want to kind of bring up as like something that could be interesting to to add to this more, you know, the more calendar? I think there there's one aspect and it's the social aspect that I feel like is missing from the calendar as as it's currently designed or any calendar that I can think of, right? You, I mean, you can always invite someone to, to a meeting, right? And that's on you to decide who and when and where and so on. Um, but there's nothing built into the calendar to encourage that social interaction. And, and especially when it comes to accountability, right? You put something mm-hmm. on your calendar, it's really easy to ignore it when it's just you and the calendar. It's like nobody else sees that it's there. So you could put on your calendar as a completely hypothetical example, this isn't true for me at all, but you could put your, you know, 
your daily exercise on the calendar and just ignore it every day, right? It's scheduled every day, but do you do it? Like, like not, not necessarily. And does anyone know? Probably not. But just imagine that your calendar was integrated with your fitness tracker, for example. And so it knew, it knew you had your daily yoga on the calendar and you didn't do it. I see that, like, you know, you didn't move anymore. You didn't get off the couch at all, right? And so once once the your you know whatever this ecosystem is has detected that, then the calendar can you know can can help you create some intervention tools. If this is something that's important to you, right? If you say it is my goal to actually do this and I'd like some help, then the calendar can you know suggest that you invite an accountability buddy to to you know, to actually work out together during that time, so that you know someone knows if you're not, and you know they're also there to show up and and do it with you. So that sort of thing, I think, could be really helpful. Yeah, that is interesting. Because I, I remember you mentioning with your watch, that with your fitness watch, you've had some support in terms of accountability with, I think, your maybe your sister or, or some family members. Do you feel like it would work equally good if it was on your calendar or better? Or do you feel like, how would you compare those two type of accountability? I think having a specific time helps in a, in a certain way because you know if that thing has happened or not by a specific deadline. Whereas if mm. you're just in general trying to exercise every day, it's easier to miss. But if you have something scheduled on the calendar and it's like a meeting, you know that you don't you hadn't shown up for the meeting. So I think there's there's like a something more tangible about it being on the calendar that goes above and beyond just the like sharing of activity and the updates and, and so on. It's, it's, it's really easy to miss something that didn't happen that isn't like planned or scheduled in any like very specific way. Yeah, that's fair. I have, uh... Okay, so then wrapping up, kind of summarizing what a more calendar could look like. It could have some form of establishing an understanding of what your goals are and maybe trying to support you in better structuring your day based on those goals or giving you some advice or smart suggestions to kind of mm -hmm. more effectively spending your time. It might have some form of like, I guess, better defaults around ensuring that certain meetings are like capped or that you have a space after the meetings and stuff like that. We talked about, again, <laughs> having ad functionality around meetings specifically kind of incentivizing people to cancel them if they are not that important. And, and then we talked about accountability. Yeah. What do you feel like yeah. this more calendar? Does it seem appealing to you? Or are you going to try to, if uh, it was there today, would you, would you start using man, it? I would definitely try it. I would definitely try it. Mm. I still have this, this something inside me that, that, <laughs> that really cringes at, at the over-engineering uh, of it all. And I think there are, a lot of downsides to having too much on your calendar, right? So the the more often results in a very full-looking calendar if you have everything that you want to do in your day on the calendar. That that like, you know, <laughs> the visceral <laughs> feeling of looking at a calendar that has everything blocked off is just so stressful and I think contributes to this feeling of time scarcity that, of course, mm. we know from Lori Santos and, and many others who are studying happiness and well-being, like this can really, really take a hit. And when I look at my calendar and it's so full, I have this terrible feeling of not having control over my day and my time. And 
Like I don't even feel like I have the the autonomy to take a break, right? Like if I wanted to take a walk, or like if that's not scheduled in my calendar, I can't do it because everything, you know, everything is already every minute is accounted for. And so I think that's definitely a, a big downside of the 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 more better calendar. Um, which which leads me to think, you know, maybe we should consider the the second direction of less calendar, sort of freeing mm. people from from the the shackles of, you know, of their calendar. <laughs> right. And what what does the less calendar look like? It's it's kind of operating based on more built-in limitations. I have no idea. <laughs> what is it's. <laughs> throwing away the calendar it's it's horrible because we rely on our calendars for so many things but i think that the less product focused view and maybe the more philosophical view um when i think about this comes from oliver berkman and so i I know like this is a i'm a very big fan of his book four thousand weeks and when i read this you know he he talks all about how we put so much energy into being productive and managing our time. And we just are afraid to face this reality that is very, very true that our time is so scarce and limited and you cannot possibly accomplish all the things that you want to accomplish in life. And so the, the solution to this is to basically just let go. <laughs> like if, if uh, stop trying to master your time because you're, you're not going to do it and you're making yourself miserable by trying um, and so I think that his suggestions of, you know, instead of trying to you know, get everything done and, you know, and and work all the time, spend your free time with your friends and your family and volunteering and hobbies, that sort of thing that like actually brings you more joy. And you don't actually have to plan every minute when you're doing that either, right? Like you can have a, a general like Saturday afternoon, I'm going to you know, spend some time. I'm I'm going to go over to Bloody Blah's house, but it doesn't. How does the calendar promote this from a product perspective? I'm not sure. I think this might just go back to helping people, helping yeah. people let go. Yeah, but I remember I actually talking about Oliver Berkman. I took his. I think it's called like a course on productivity. The uh, the waking up app. Oh. And it's kind of like the the anti-productivity course in, in how you describe it. It's kind of uh-huh. like starting with that this is not going to be your typical productivity course. It's going to do kind of the opposite in many ways of, of trying to focus not so much like maximizing every moment in terms of being as, you know, doing as much as possible, but more better able at being maybe, for example, mindful about what matters and and, and spending the time in, in a more thoughtful and meaningful way. So I did really enjoy that too. And I do think a calendar, you know, could potentially involve some some elements of like supporting maybe instead of trying to be a smart calendar, just trying to make you smart. Mm. <laughs> like mm. trying to kind of prime you to think a little bit more, to take space to reflect or do things yeah. that are not productive. How would the calendar do that? It would like create fake meetings and then it would <laughs> then remove them being like a little bit like Laurie Santos style, like actually uh-huh. take this 30 minutes and go for a walk instead and think about, <laughs> you know, what do you really value in life and, and how, yeah. how will you make this afternoon something important for you? You know? Yeah. That, yeah. That's nice. 
(laughs) Yeah, I mean, it gets at this this reality that we can't just throw the calendar away. We have to have a calendar, but what does it do for us and how does it actually help us spend our time more wisely? I think we've found it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear what, what people think. And one thing we didn't cover too much is that we haven't covered the kind of more, call it cognitive bias view of what a calendar could do in that we talk about sometimes planning fallacy. We talk about some other things like that, where you could imagine like a super uh, kind of (laughs) someone is super into the hype of cognitive bias who design a calendar would really focus a little bit more about like what contributes to planning fallacy? How do you, Mm. how how could a calendar reduce that risk? Uh, What Mm -hmm. are other kind of biases relating to time or decision-making regarding time? Yeah, like having having a multiplier. If you put, if you think something in your time blocking is, you think it's going to take an hour, actually give them an hour and a half, for example. Yeah, but I don't know. Does that seem something that you think would be valuable? No, I don't. I don't think I want my calendar to override my time management <laughs> decisions. Yeah, yeah. I think you know, a the last calendar that I think would work well for me is some some calendar that just kind of uh, focus on some key principles and trying to reinforce some some like good habits on a daily basis. So that could be, for example, you know, as you say, like training me to spend the first two hours of my day in deep work rather than in kind of switching between Slack to email to LinkedIn and, and so on. Yeah. Um, and also maybe training me to have like a shutdown ritual, like a little bit to mm-hmm. what's the name? Cal Newport. Um, yeah. talking about the idea of, you know, having a shutdown ritual where you kind of really switch off and you kind of shut down and disconnect from your work calendar at a certain time every day. I think that will be the last calendar that I think would be valuable for me. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think we've solved the calendar. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but it was fun to talk about it. Definitely fun yeah. To, yeah. to discuss all things time and calendar. Yeah. So maybe I'll just leave us with a quote here from Annie Dillard. She says that how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. So let's continue to explore this idea of how we can spend our days better. Uh, And hopefully this has been interesting in terms of some new thoughts around what a calendar could do to help us with that. But yeah, if you have some thoughts, if you want to reach out, email podcast at habitweekly.com, share your thoughts with us. And uh, yeah, as always, thanks for stopping by and thanks for supporting the podcasts. Last words from you. Aline, what's next on your calendar? <laughs> I need to call my sister to do that yoga workout. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Time to wrap up another episode of the Behavioral Design Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Oh, and I am an AI. Yeah, welcome to Uncanny Valley. Sam and Aline told me this is going to be an awesome season. So make sure to subscribe and help spread the word. Maybe share the podcast with a colleague or friend. And if you want to show us some extra love, head over to Habit Weekly. Come and join our community. Pro members get access to a wealth of resources and the chance to interact with leading practitioners. 
It's a great way to support the podcast and deepen your understanding of behavioral design. Our fantastic show music is Murgatroyd by the wonderful Dave Pizarro, and thanks to the team at Orange Wall Media for the production of this episode. For questions or ideas for future episodes, email podcast at habitweekly.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for listening. See you next time. Heavens to Murgatroyd. Oh, do 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 do